Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. This is episode 106. And today we caught up with Cassandra Bodzak. Cassandra is a global meditation and wellness teacher. She's an author, speaker, TV personality, and works with clients to begin to bridge the gap between the food that we eat and what goes on in our minds, our energy, and our intuition. There's a, a couple of things that we've been we've been talking about uh, with a couple of different people, and especially people uh, in our sort of um, uh, that are in in our career sector, right? So it's like we do health coaching and mentoring, and you obviously lead uh, tons of different types of meditation workshops and mindful eating workshops um, all over. Um, and so w- one of the things that we've been talking about uh, these last couple of weeks is um, how do you begin to, to follow your, your dreams or follow your heart to do something that you really love to do? This is something that I've encountered with a lot of my students, and I'm sure you encounter with a lot of people that you work with, clients and, and students of yours. Uh, how, do you, how do you start to kind of cultivate that sort of um, propelling forward for them to do something that, that their heart is, is asking them to do? Um, I think that, I think there's a, a lot of factors um, in that. And I think at this point, honestly, the people that I work with, the time they get to me, um, they get to me because they're ready to move forward. And they are ready, you know, they invest in working with me because they're ready to have the support to take those next steps. And they know that um, they're ready to get to work and take the leap. So I usually don't have to I support them once they're there. But I, I'm a big believer that that kind of turning point happens for all of us um, at different times. And um, so what I do in general is try to create a space online, whether it's on my social media or um, through my YouTube videos or my podcast, that reads the kind of support um, and kind of opens people's eyes to the possibilities of what's really out there and what's really um, at their disposal for their lives as soon as they want to step up for it. Um, so... So I think a lot of that is podcast, sharing my story, sharing the stories of people that I know inspire me and inspire a lot of other people in the community because we all have those stories of the before and the after. Um, we all have those, you know, that, that turning point. And for some of us, I think it was more dramatic and really came from hitting a rock bottom and realizing that we weren't going to go any further. And now I'm seeing more and more people where it's a little bit less dramatic. Um, and they're, you know, I mean, and that's awesome for them, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> they have it easier. Um, I wouldn't say my experience in the world, but, um, but, you know, but, the, but then they have the tools. And for, in a way, I think they are advantages to both ways. Like, for me, I kind of, like, hit such a bottom that I dove in head first into meditating, my spiritual practice, following what lit me up, uh, following my joy, and um, 
and I see some of the people I work with now, it wasn't, it wasn't as kind of life crumbling, but it was just slow steps of more and more following their joy and following what felt good and kind of building that muscle so they could take that leap. Right. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely, you're right. And, and like for, for us, you know, we, we've been able to have like great teachers, but again, it's like people that are coming at it now, there's so many tools out there, you know, there's so many things that, that they can draw from people's experiences and, and great teachers and, and a lot of guidance, uh, which is, which is fantastic. You recently, uh, did something really, uh, really, uh, scary, too. You, you moved, right, from the East Coast to, uh, to the West Coast. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. When you were saying that, I was like, I don't know. What did I do? What did you do? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think this because, like, I, like, for me, that I think, a, I, I think almost everybody else in my life felt that that was a more dramatic thing than I did. Like, <laughs> for, for me, like, I'm, that was just what was next on the plan. Like, I got the message and I, you know, made the arrangements. <laughs> um, but that just goes to show you, like, you know, that's kind of where I operate in my life. And, um, but yeah, I did. So I, I got the call that it was time to take the show west. And, um, and part of what I do for everyone is uh, help people connect with what their most expansive life looks like and then go live it. And so for me, I was living in the East Village and for a while that's what my most expansive life looked like. That was a part of it was, you know, I lived in an apartment I really liked in an area I really liked in New York City. And um, I'm a big location person, so I do think like the, the area you live in and the um you know, the quality of your home is, is really important and, like, a foundation for everything you do in the world. And it just got to one day I found myself looking out the window and it was snowing last winter and talking to one of my girlfriends and saying, you know, I can't wait to live by the beach and have a big white kitchen with lots of windows and I'm ready to have, you know, sunshine and, and this whole thing. And she was just like, you know, she was also in New York and, and commiserating. And was like, yeah, you know, that sounds great. Must be nice or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And my girlfriends know me and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And they're like, okay, just think about it, Cass. And, um... So I was like, yeah, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. And so after that, that night I started looking at apartments in Santa Monica. <laughs> and I didn't tell anybody other than that girlfriend who knew that I had kind of like the, the twinkle in my eye. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I sat and I meditated on it and I realized that I was ready. Like that was it. Why I'm not someone um, that kind of let those, uh, if if I really feel like the desire and the, the, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, the daydream or whatnot, like, why not? I can have that white windowy kitchen. That's what I'm sitting in right now as I talk to you is my big white window-filled kitchen that I was imagining six months ago. And, um, and I live a short walk from the beach, and I go to the beach and meditate. And, um, and yeah, so I just went out and did it. Um, 
and it's been amazing. It's been great. Um, I'm lucky that I have uh, places in New York, too, that I can always come back to, so I flip-flop back and forth. But I'm really enjoying creating a home here in California. That is, that's amazing. And, and you know that I'm, I'm originally from Los Angeles, so I, I had the same sort of, like, move when I moved up to, to Portland. Um, you know, it's the same, the same sort of thing. It was kind of one of those things like, oh, I want to know what it, what it would be like to be somewhere where there are seasons <laughs> and, like, you know, where there is, like, snow and, and green and trees and stuff. And, like, the first year I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back home because the cold was kind of intense for me. <laughs> but after, after yeah. a while, like, I just realized, wow, it, it just has something so – it's just something so different uh, that it has to offer. But – but I think the biggest part is like just moving from your from your comfort zone, right? And I think that that's something that you do really well with with guiding people and teaching, um, and just as a coach, you know, to be able to to be the example, right? So it's like I my big my big drive, and it sounds like your big drive too, was like, how can I be an advocate for change if I'm not willing to change, or if I'm not willing to take risks, or if I'm not willing to do things that are scary, right? So. So I think it's huge. So that's why I get excited when I like I hear people like being like, oh yeah, you know, what would it be like if I moved here? And like, you know, you get those that the sort of uh, the side committee being like, oh god, like that's scary. What are you gonna do? Where are you gonna live? Like, what's it gonna be like? And and I just I think those are the types of things that that drive me and that I encourage people to explore, uh, to be curious about about those things that that that. It, whatever your call, calling is, you know, like whatever sort of message you're getting, whatever sort of sort of uh, little is inkling of desire is burning within you, like go explore it. Don't don't limit yourself. Don't set your own limitations. You know, it, it'll prevent you from exploring something incredible, right? Um, oh, absolutely. And yeah, I do believe. I take it. I take it very seriously that it's my responsibility to be in full integrity with what I teach. So I, I really practice what I preach. So that yes, you do, and you're amazing at it, which is great. Um, it's great. It's great for us, you know, like the 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 listeners and the viewers, you know, for for us to have somebody that you know we can we can follow and and look up to. Um, we uh so you know you interviewed Gabby Bernstein not that long ago on your podcast um and yeah. i know that you know in in just knowing you and your story i know that she's been a huge teacher for you um how would you recommend or what would you sort of how would you guide somebody that's trying to find that now like you know maybe Gabby uh, Gabby B isn't going to be everyone's teacher you know maybe she is you know maybe there's other other teachers out there uh, for example, my teacher, Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker, I've been studying uh, peri yoga. I've been studying yoga and meditation with him for a couple of years now. Um, there's other amazing teachers out there, you know, teachers that practice, you know, uh, mindful meditation, Buddhist teachers. You know, I just recently interviewed Ethan Nickturn, who is a huge um, Buddhist teacher in, in New York as well, and he's, he's incredible. So how would you recommend... Uh, and this is, I ask this because a lot of my, my students are always asking, well, how do you find, how do you find your teacher, right? How do you find the mentor? Who's going to be my mentor? Like, who, how do I find somebody that'll guide me? So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I think it's also, it's important to acknowledge that it's, 
you're going to have multiple people. And it's not just like, I wouldn't call, I mean, Gabby is now um, more like a friend than a teacher. But there was definitely one point where she was such a teacher for me. And she still is like an incredible inspiration and I adore her. But um, but it changed a little bit as I've uh, grown up. And Marianne Williamson is someone else who is I you know who's been an incredible teacher for me. Um, but you know, like my the head of my yoga studio, Guru Jagat, she's also a teacher for me. But I think in this age right now, teachers also like the relationship is different. It's not like it used to be where you have one teacher and you you know follow everything they did for your life and like. It was this big, like, devout thing. Right. Um, I think right now there's, <laughs> excuse me, I think is a practice, like, find a practice that you can fit in and, um, and then allow the teachers that are supposed to come in, come in. And for me, I think that's all about following what, what feels good, um, you know, what lights up, what what calms your heart. Um, following the people that you have that natural connection with. And so I don't think it's like a I never embarked on a search and I don't think it uh it has to I don't think it is a search. I think it when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So mm-hmm. trust that whoever is whoever is in front of you right now is your teacher right now. And if right now the only person that you're, you know, aware of in this you know, little spiritual wellness world or whatnot is, let's say, Gabby Bernstein or myself or Mary Williamson or Louise Hay or, I don't know, there's a ton of different people, uh, Rebecca Campbell, who I love, um, whoever it is, it, that person is perfect. And so see what you can learn there. And... And see, I always, I always say that you're, you'll fall into your teachers, you know? So those are the people that when you read their stuff, you're like, oh my God, I'm going through the same thing. Oh my God, she's like speaking to me in that blog article or that video. Um, and that's how you know who you really connect with because there's a lot of great teachers that there are people whose books I read, there are people whose words I tremendously respect, like, but I wouldn't necessarily consider them one of my personal teachers um, because I don't resonate with them the way I would resonate with, like, a Gabby or a Marianne. Um, and I think that's uh, a beautiful thing is you kind of allow your lineage to find you. So when you just show up, when you just show up for exploring and for following what brings you joy and I always encourage if you're just starting meditation or just starting to get a spiritual practice, try all the different kinds. Try all the, everything that appeals to you, and then you'll gravitate towards one. One will end up feeling like home. And when you find that thing that feels like home, then that's, that's most often that's your lineage. That's what you're connected to. And sometimes, like, with... Gabby and Marianne, like, you connect with the teachers first, and then you find the Course in Miracles. You know, with Kundalini, it was the opposite. I found the Kundalini first, but I didn't really know who 
was my teacher in that aspect. And then eventually, after two years of doing Kundalini and just, like, bopping around with different people, I finally found, um, you know, my, my friend and teacher, uh, Guru Jagat, who is my more primary teacher, if you would call that. Um, so I think a lot of it is just being open. Don't feel there's no rush. There's no pressure. Um, your teacher is exactly what's in front of you. You're, you know, so much of in in this journey, our teachers, our circumstances, and people we're already in relationship with, um, even more so than they are as a great spiritual teacher. And um, so when you're looking for someone like that, I think, you know, the most important, um, I think, qualification there that one of uh, my teachers uh, said that I, I really... I learned kind of a little bit later on the path. <laughs> Sorry. That when you're when you're listening to someone that is a teacher that like you know you're drawn to or whatnot, you wanna their words should make you feel a sense of peace and a sense of calm. And I say this in a lot of my talks and a lot of my workshops, that I was like if there's ever anything I say, if there's any concept I say that brings you anxiety or makes you feel like going to a weird space, that's not for you right now. <laughs> doesn't mean it's like it doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not a good thing. But it's not for you right now. Right? When you hear what you, when you hear something that's aligned with you, do you already feel it's just like a breath of fresh air. Right. So right. when you're aligned with the right teacher they should feel like a breath of fresh air for you. Yeah, it should feel. And if it's not, feel, it's it's not feel feeling like, like that, it's <laughs> not yours. Right. <laughs> it, it, like, doesn't belong to you. If it doesn't feel good, it's not for you. You know, like, that's, that's yeah. such great, uh, great advice uh, to give. I think it's really important because, you know, I definitely have encountered the types of people that, they just want to fully commit, you know, even if it's maybe not the right teacher or the, even the right teaching, right, or the right practice for them. I mean, I encounter so many people that are, you know, doing a, even a yoga practice that's hurting them or that doesn't feel right. And it's like, well, well why? You know, like, what, why are you, I don't understand, you know, what, what, why you're, you know, committing to something that you, it's not bringing you that, that sense of, of peace or that sense of calm. And I'm not saying things shouldn't be challenging. I mean, I, I feel like we all encounter challenges during our practice and with our practice, absolutely. But, you know, when, it, when it's causing that, exactly what you said, like that, that anxiety or like that stress, it's like mm, maybe, uh, maybe not for you right now, you know? Yeah, but I will say to that, um, I think there is something to be said about at least getting into action. And I always think that, especially in, you know, times like right now, if you get into action and let's say you sign up for that session with someone or you go to that yoga class or, you know, you go on that retreat and it's so not for you, I think you are so much closer to finding what is for you then if you let yourself kind of be paralyzed by indecision. So I will say that, that thing, you know, it's good. Just be aware and 
like you know, like we were saying, like not everyone is for every everyone, and you'll you'll know it when you find it. And sometimes, you know, I did a bunch of different meditations that didn't resonate with me before I found before I found some that did. You just keep on, you know, you just keep on being open to it. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think again, that's that's great advice, and and I hope that people can draw from that and, and really listen to that. And, and at the end of the day, really listen to themselves, right? It's like the guru within that's always present and always knows, right? That's like, you know, we need to cultivate that ear so that we can really, you know, become so uh, confident within our own sense of self, with our, within our own sense of empowerment and our own intuition where we can really just listen and, and be able to follow that, that guide, yeah. right? Um, well, that's our time. That went by way too fast um, for that me. That went so fast. I know. I'm like, uh, um, we might have to do a, a part two because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's so many fun. other things that we we can that I'd love I'd love to to hear uh, your take on. But so before we go, um, I'd like to just maybe ask. Uh, a couple of, of you know words of, of wisdom or words of advice for uh, people out there who are uh, struggling with making a difficult decision and are needing guidance. Struggling with making a different difficult decision and are needing guidance. Um, I highly um, recommend. If you don't already have a practice, you don't have a daily meditation practice, to start one immediately. To um, if you, uh, I this is I think in you know to navigate the times right now, it's non-negotiable. You have to have a practice, um, and it doesn't matter what it is. Something that resonates with you, whether you find the guided meditation on YouTube. Um, I have a bunch of them that you can find for free on YouTube. You can try it out. Um, or just listen to a peaceful song and allow yourself to focus on your breath for 10 minutes, 11 minutes, um, and really come to your meditation practice and demand clarity. So when there's something, um, when, <laughs> excuse me, when I'm making a decision, it comes to my meditation, I demand something on my meditation every day. So you come to it, and it doesn't mean that you're thinking about it the whole time. You get on your mat, you get in your space, and you're like, you know what? I demand clarity around X decisions. And then you allow it, and you go into your practice, whatever it may be that day, for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you're committing to. And then at the end of it, I recommend journaling. Because you've created a space where your higher self can kind of flow through you and you can be more connected to your intuition and your inner guide by giving that quiet to yourself and that, that, that space. And now you have this, this beautiful window before the world comes in and, and starts, you know, your ego comes in and all these crazy thoughts coming in where you can just start journaling and just write down whatever comes to you. Um, and I think you can gain a lot of clarity through that. Um, and then I think the second part of that is that a lot of times we know what we, we actually have the clarity. Um, we're just scared to admit that we have the clarity. So when you get even further clarity around it after your meditation practice, it's really honoring what comes up for you. 
and trusting that what's what's coming up for you is is the right um, the right thing for you and, and getting into action on it. So that that's my advice for making a tough decision. Wow, that's those are some gems. <laughs> like those are, those are some good some good gems. Uh, Cassandra Bodzak, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, and I know that the listeners really do too. Uh, you can check out Cassandra Bodzak on uh, her website, CassandraBodzak.com. Uh, check out her podcast, The Lightmaker Series, and uh, follow her on social media and just follow her everywhere. She's awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you so you much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Radically Loved Radio. For more information, you can go to radicallyloved.com. You can follow me on all the social media outlets, Instagram at Rosie Acosta, Twitter at Rosie Acosta, Love Radically on Facebook, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that I'm not mentioning, but I'm sure you will find them if you're looking for them. Thanks for listening.